Wuhan on a lockdown as China tries to contain a new coronavirus that has already killed 17 people. U.S. President Trump again describing his impeachment trial as a hoax. That says Democrats accused Trump of a corrupt scheme to pressure Ukraine to help him get reelected. And the full piece misses its growth target for 2019. Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Welcome to the program. The Chinese city at the center of a new coronavirus outbreak on lockdown. Airports, trains, ferries and bus services in Wuhan shut down to contain the virus that has already killed 17 people and infected more than 500 in China. The World Health Organization said it will decide on Thursday whether to declare a global emergency over the outbreak of a new coronavirus spreading from China. If it does, it will be only the sixth international emergency to be declared in the last decade. And the WHO Director General in Geneva said a declaration would come only after heavy deliberation. The decision about whether or not to declare a public health emergency of international concern is one I take extremely seriously and one I'm only prepared to make with appropriate consideration of all the evidence. The previously unknown coronavirus strain is believed to have emerged from an animal market in the central Chinese city of Wuhan. State media reported the city of 9 million is closing its transport networks and advising citizens not to leave the city. Cases have cropped up in Beijing, Shanghai, South Korea, Japan and at least one in the United States. Travelers from China to the U.S. are now screened at five American airports. The risk to the United States for this to be a big problem or even a problem at all is very low. Anthony Fauci of the U.S. National Institutes of Health said the NIH was taking the outbreak seriously, but that the American public needn't panic. All the various agencies that are involved in the federal government response is taking this very seriously. But the message to the general public is that this is something that you should not be worrying about at night, that this is going to be some sort of serious issue for you. Fauci said the NIH had begun the process of working toward a vaccine, but it likely would be some time before one was ready. The World Health Organization is yet to declare the Wuhan coronavirus as a global emergency, but experts are already calling the outbreak a public health emergency that needs a coordinated international response. And with deaths and infections rising in China, they say the mystery virus poses a big challenge to the Chinese government. It can really have come at a worse time for them because there's a mass migration in China. It's one of the biggest human migration on Earth, the Chinese Lunar New Year. So the, the question is, is this an extraordinary event? Um, I think it is. It's unusual. This is, you know, it's been 18 years since SARS, and this is looking... Um, there's many similarities to SARS in terms of, you know, a big outbreak in China with lots of people hospitalized and some indications of international spread. Is it of international concern? Definitely. The deadly Wuhan coronavirus has sparked a global alert with airports now strictly screening passengers, especially those coming from China. Billy Ramos tells us more. Is it time to panic over the deadly Wuhan coronavirus? Experts say no. But a rising number of deaths and infections in China is heightening global alarm. In the United States, international airports in Atlanta and Chicago have joined San Francisco, Los Angeles and New York in screening passengers for symptoms. 
Those arriving from Wuhan will be routed to one of those five airports. We've got um, screening at the point of exit, and then we've got screening at the point of entry. And I think that will certainly help. That doesn't mean that if somebody doesn't have any symptoms when they come to this country, that they might develop them later just based on an incubation period. And that's why we all have to be thinking about it in healthcare facilities like we are already doing. It's always scary when we don't have a treatment um, for a particular disease. The U.S. reported its first case Tuesday, a man in Washington state who recently traveled from Wuhan. At least 16 people who had close contact with him are being monitored for the illness. As this investigation continues to gain steam, that people are asking, what do I need to do to stay safe? Uh, and really, it's what we do every time we have a cold um, and flu season. And so really, wash your hands regularly, cover your coughs and sneezes. Um, if you're not feeling well, stay home, don't go to work or school. Um, and uh, if you're not feeling uh, so well uh, that we would call your contact, your health care provider, uh, uh, do that and seek any kind of medical care. And if you've traveled from Wuhan City, China into the U.S. and you are symptomatic, seek advice from your health care provider. If you don't have a health care provider, call your health department um, and uh, seek some assistance. In the U.K., new measures are in place on direct flights from China into London's Heathrow Airport. On the flight, the, there will be announcements um, really describing what the symptoms of the infection are and what people should do. They'll be given leaflets um, when they leave the plane and on the plane. And there will be posters um, in airports really uh, advising people, and this is, the, I think, probably the most important thing, um, of what to do should they be unwell. Singapore has also started screening all passengers arriving from China. It has also warned travelers against going to Wuhan unless absolutely necessary. Many other countries, including the Philippines, have also stepped up airport screenings. The World Health Organization has been working with Chinese authorities and global experts to learn more about the Wuhan coronavirus, how it affects the infected, how they can be treated, and what governments can do to respond. Billy Ramos, ABS-CBN News. Hong Kong ready to deal with the Wuhan coronavirus. Hong Kong Chief Executive Carrie Lam says the city has the resources to deal with the deadly virus. Um, I have asked my health colleagues to be really on the guard because uh, public health is so very important to the community. And with this uh, rapid flow of people across the border, it makes Hong Kong uh, even more vulnerable should this uh, disease spread. We have the isolation facilities in our public hospitals, as well as in some of the makeshift isolation facilities, making use of holiday camps. If quarantine is needed for some of those in close contact with this uh, particular passenger through our very effective uh, contact tracing. Lam's statement comes as Hong Kong confirmed its first case of the Wuhan coronavirus, a 39-year-old man from Wuhan. Hong Kong authorities say the patient's family has traveled to the Philippines. They landed at the Ninoy Aquino International Airport Wednesday afternoon but did not show symptoms. 
Local budget airline Cebu Pacific, meanwhile, says all passengers and crew of that flight from Hong Kong have been screened and cleared by the Bureau of Quarantine. The airline also advised passengers who may have been exposed to a person infected with the Wuhan coronavirus they should seek immediate medical attention should symptoms arise. Cebu Pacific adds it's closely monitoring the spread of the virus and it is taking all the necessary precautions. The Philippines misses its growth target for 2019. It came at 5.9 percent. That's just below government's target range of 6 to 6.5 percent. That's the slowest expansion in the country in eight years. In the fourth quarter, though, growth picked up at 6.4 percent. But government needed at least 6.7 percent to meet its target. Economic managers still pinning the blame on the 2019 budget impasse. A full percentage point was lost because of the delay in the passage of the budget. So, you know, if we just uh, use that again, then uh, we could have been close to, if not, uh, it's, uh, you know, right smack uh, 7% this year. That's, the, that's our uh, guesstimate. But Socioeconomic Planning Secretary Ernesto Peña is keeping an upbeat outlook for 2020. He's also calling on lawmakers to do their part and implement urgent economic reforms. Compared with other major economies in the region that have already released their GDP growth in the fourth quarter, the Philippines likely ranks second only to Vietnam's 7 percent and higher than China's 6% growth rate in the fourth quarter. We also need to pass industrial policies that are propelled by innovation to encourage private investments and increase the efficiency of conducting transactions with government agencies. This includes the passage of the corporate income tax and investments incentives, rationalization act, and the proposed amendments to the Foreign Service Act, the Public Service Act, and the Retail Trade Act to eliminate policy uncertainties that affect the country's business climate. Also with the entry of the third telecommunications player this year, the passage of the Open Access Data, Infra Data Transmission Act should also be expedited to address barriers to entry of data service providers and reduce inefficiencies. Manila's economic agency, meanwhile, says the Philippine government's contract review is a sensitive matter, but it should be done. But it points out the Duterte administration should also consider comments from economists and credit rating agencies on the potential negative impact of the review. We do want to send, uh, send a strong signal that uh, uh, we, we will not be tolerating these onerous contracts. In fact, I think the, one of the lessons going forward is that uh, we should actually be, that there has to be some sun, sunset clause, a review clause at least uh, in this uh, in, in these contracts. But rest assured that the government knows that this is really a very delicate balancing act that needs to be done. Government contracts with private firms have been under scrutiny after President Duterte criticized supposedly onerous agreements with water distributors Mainilad and Manila Water. Aside from the water utility firms, reviews and deals involving Ayala Corporation and Chevron Philippines are also being eyed.
U.S. House Democrats make their case before the U.S. Senate to remove President Trump from office. Meanwhile, the defined Republican leader floats the idea of attending the proceedings at Capitol Hill. Let's get more details now from our North America bureau chief, T.J. Manoto. He joins us live from Washington, D.C. Good afternoon from Manila, T.J. Go ahead. Good afternoon, Carmina. Well, the impeachment trial of President Trump seems to be a 24-7 affair. Since as early as this morning, President Trump threw his weight around once again, all the way from the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, moments before the House Democrats started to make their case to the senators and to the American people. Now, on Wednesday morning, all the way from Davos, President Trump responded to the debates on the rules in his impeachment trial yesterday and calling it a hoax and even taunted the Democrats with his presence. It's such a hoax. I think it's so bad for our country. Sort of love. Sit right in the front row and stare at their corrupt faces. I'd love to do it. I don't know. Don't don't keep talking because I may you may convince me to do it. Now, right before the trial resumed on Wednesday at 1 p.m., Congressman Adam Schiff again appealed for a fair trial and he even shut down talks of a witness trade. Uh, this isn't like some fantasy football trade, as I said yesterday. This isn't, um, we'll offer you this if you'll give us that. We'll offer you a witness that is irrelevant and immaterial, who has no relevant testimony. That's not a trade. Uh, trials aren't trades for witnesses. Schiff also hit on Trump's comments on continually holding off evidence. The president uh, late last night bragged that he thought things were going well because they had all the materials. Well, and do, indeed, they do have the material hidden from the American people. That is nothing to brag about. Today, shortly before 10 p.m. in Washington, House managers wrapped up their day one of the opening statements. Congressman Schiff and the rest of the House managers took turns presenting their evidence and what they know so far. They methodically presented all the documents and excerpts from testimonies in the impeachment in the lower house, as well as snippets of media interviews and various personalities, including President Trump. As promised, it was a chronological presentation of the facts and the events that led up to the infamous phone call between President Trump and Ukraine's new President Zelensky. But several times, Schiff would stop and pause and tease the senators with information that they don't have, goading them to voting to know more by getting witnesses and more evidence. Taylor sent that cable on August 29th. Would you like me to read that to you right now? I would like to read it to you right now, except I don't have it because the State Department wouldn't provide it. But if you'd like me to read it to you, we can do something about that. We can insist on getting that from the State Department. If you'd like to know what John Bolton had in mind when he thought that Zelensky could favorably impress the president in Warsaw, we can find that out too, just for the asking, and a document called a subpoena. Well, Carmina, today was just day one of the House managers presenting their case. They have two more days and 16 more hours to do all they can to present the facts they've gathered to defend the articles of impeachment, of abuse of power, and obstruction of Congress.
right, on to some sports action now in the NBA. The Los Angeles Lakers bounced back from an embarrassing loss in Boston with a 192 win against the New York Knicks. Anthony Davis led the Lakers with 28 points, while LeBron James added 21 markers. LeBron is now just 44 points behind another Laker great, Kobe Bryant, for the third spot in the league's all-time scoring list. The Lakers remain in, in first place in the Western Conference with 35 wins and nine losses. Meanwhile, the Celtics took care of business once again at home. The Celtics toyed with the Memphis Grizzlies 119-95. Boston used a 22-3 run in the third quarter to increase their 12-point halftime lead to 33. Jason Tatum led the Celtics with 23 points before leaving the game with a groin injury. Boston is in fourth place in the Eastern Conference while the Grizzlies suffered their second straight loss after compiling seven straight wins. And that's today's online edition of Dateline Philippines. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. Don't forget to like and share this video and leave your comments below.